here, and while you're turning here, let me just say welcome to all of those who may be visiting with us this morning. You are welcome here. If you have any Bible questions, we'd love to study the Word of God with you, get to know you more, and spend some time with you here. It's great to see your face. This past week, or I guess last week, I was in uh, Cooper, Texas, and I feel like I haven't seen some of you guys in a while. Uh, I appreciate the shepherds giving me the opportunity to go to different congregations from time to time to, uh, to preach the gospel. So we had a great time. It was my second time in Cooper, Texas, a congregation of about 40 people. And uh, we, did, um, some, we had some uh, sermons and, and studies, obviously, uh, throughout that weekend. So it's always good to be able to spend time with other brothers and sisters in Christ in different areas. Uh, but it's always great to be back home. So it's good to see your face once again. And it's good to see uh, my mom's face in the audience. This is a little bit of a uh, something I'll have to get used to. But uh, thank the Lord our mom is uh, here to stay, Lord willing. So I appreciate the warm welcome um, that all of you guys have already given her. So I think I have about three or four moms now here at West Main. So I'm, I'm pretty good to go right now. So uh, good to have you here too, Mom. We love you very much. Well, when I look out in the crowd in the audience, I see a lot of young people. And uh, I know some of you are going to be heading off to college for the very first time. And some of you are going to be going back to school here in a couple of weeks. And a lot of the young people are gearing up for school. And I hope that you guys have a great summer. I've had a great summer. Did anybody stay up late last night? Typically when I ask that question, a lot of young people say yes. I stayed up very late. And I'm sure you've done that quite a bit throughout this summer. I know some of you guys have gone to uh, different summer camps. Uh, we had our VBS here and we saw a lot of, saw a lot of your faces here as well. Uh, I've said this before and others have said it. I'll, I'll continue to say it. It's great to see and have so many young people here at West Main. And we know that uh, we want you to know that the young people that you guys are very important to us. And there's so much that you guys can do for the cause of Jesus Christ. And so we want to encourage you. And this sermon really is for uh, the young people. Certainly we all will be able to learn from this. The title of my sermon is called, uh, They Were Great When They Were Young. I want you to think about that for a moment, and I want you to think about some individuals in the Bible who did great things while they were young. There probably are some names that, that come to mind. If you're thinking about maybe someone like King David, for example, or maybe Joseph, or maybe Solomon, or someone else like that, you would all be correct. They all did great things while they were young. And yet there are so many other individuals that we read about in the Word of God who also did great things for the cause of God. It's interesting that these individuals, obviously, they never had Facebook or Instagram or Snapchat or Vine or YouTube or anything like that. And yet they were still able to do great things for God. They never kicked a ball or threw a ball or hit a ball, and yet they were still able to do great things for God. And they didn't have a million followers, uh, some people, some of them, we don't even know their names, and yet they were still able to do great things for God and for others. And while they didn't have a million followers like some people have today on social media and things like that, for all the young people here, it would be really wise for you to follow their stories, to get to know more about who these individuals were. This morning, with the time that we have, and I'm on the clock this morning, I actually want to look at six Young people, is that actually possible by 940? We shall see, all right? I got 24 minutes. I want to look at six young people that did great things while they were young, that had influence with others. And I want to really encourage the young people here as you prepare to go back to school, as you think about who you are and your walk with God, that you can do great things for God right now. You don't have to wait a number of years before you start doing things for God. 
and start helping others. You can do great things right now. And so our first individual that we're going to look at is found in Acts chapter 23. And I ask you to turn over there. Here we find the Apostle Paul in Acts chapter 23. And we're actually going to look at the first of three young individuals who are actually unnamed. We don't know their names. And while we don't know their names, we do know that they still did some great things. In Acts chapter 23, we find Paul is in prison. In verse number 12, the Bible says, When it was day, the Jews formed a conspiracy and bound themselves under an oath, saying that they would neither eat nor drink until they had killed Paul. There were more than 40 who formed this plot. They came to the chief priests and the elders and said, We have bound ourselves under a solemn oath to taste nothing until we have killed Paul. So there are obviously individuals all throughout the ministry of Paul who were not happy with him. And these individuals here were very Uh, very motivated to hurt him, to harm him as much as possible. Look at verse number 16. News came of this by, uh, news came of this, and Paul's nephew would actually hear about this. But the son of Paul's sister heard of their ambush, and he came and entered the barracks and told Paul. Paul called one of the centurions to him and said, Lead this young man to the commander, for he has something to report to him. So he took him and led him to the commander and said, Paul, the prisoner, called me to him and asked me to lead this young man to you since he has something to tell you. Now, the rest of the story, we see that this young man would have a great influence upon his uncle's life. Paul's nephew had a great influence, and he was able to make a difference in the life of Paul immediately. We see that the rest of the story, you drop down to verse number 23 and verse number 24, Paul's going to be delivered from any potential harm. And so this is the first of three young individuals. We don't know their names, but what we learn from them immediately is that they made a difference in the life of someone else. The second example I want you to think about is found in 2 Kings chapter 5. I have overlooked this passage before. I've preached sermons from 2 Kings chapter 5. If you're familiar with this chapter, it's about a man named Naaman. And we know the story of Naaman and, and how he was connected to a prophet named Elisha. And yet there's a young person in this story that sometimes I have overlooked, and maybe you have too. In 2 Kings chapter 5 and verse number 1, The Bible says, now Naaman, captain of the army of the king of Aram, was a great man with his master and highly respected, because by him the Lord had given victory to Aram. The man was also a valiant warrior, but he was a leper. If you know anything about leprosy, you know, Naaman's in a lot of, he's he's in a terrible situation. This changes everyone's life, this condition of leprosy, and there's more we could say, but for the sake of time, just understand that Naaman had a big problem. All right, he was a leper. Now the Arameans had gone out in bands and had taken captive, listen to this, a little girl, a little girl from the land of Israel, and she waited on Naaman's wife. She said to her mistress, I wish that my master were with the prophet who was in Samaria. Then he would cure him of his leprosy. Naaman went in and told his master, saying, thus and thus spoke the girl who was from the land of Israel. It's a short but yet powerful point. This young girl, this girl who's now a slave in in Naaman's house, what does she do? She spoke up and she said, man, I wish you could meet this, this, this prophet here. This prophet could completely change your life. And we know the rest of the story. The prophet indeed was able to change Naaman's life. So think about making a difference. This young girl here didn't have millions of followers on social media and yet she, and she accomplished nothing great physically in sports or anything like that, but she made a difference in the life of one person. She made a difference by speaking up. 
young people can make a difference. You can make a difference right now. There's a third example of a, another young boy in the Gospel of John. When you turn over to John chapter 6, and John chapter 6, and I've, I've, I've studied this before and I've read these verses before, and while there's only a small amount of information, nonetheless, we find this information in the text. In John chapter 6, we read about another unnamed young boy. And this young boy certainly was connected with a very big event that would take place. Jesus fed 5,000 individuals. And isn't it interesting that in John chapter 6 and verse number 9, and this whole event here that's taking place with Jesus and his disciples, uh, Jesus was testing his disciples like Philip because he knew what he was already intending to do. And verse number 7, let's start there. Philip answered him, uh, 200 denarii worth of bread is not sufficient for him. So he's, he's, they're asking where we're going to get all this food to feed everybody, for everyone to receive a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, hey, there's a lad here who has five barley loaves and two fish, but what are these for so many people? Jesus said, have the people sit down. Now there was much grass in the place, so the men sat down in number about 5,000. I've overlooked that before. Have you? Think about what this young boy did. He gave his food to Jesus. And you hang around with young people sometimes. It can be hard for young people as well as adults to give up something. And now we're talking, we're talking about food. Hold on a second. But yet that's what the young boy did. Now, again, there's not much emphasis on this in the story. But it is fascinating that the Holy Spirit gives us this information about this young boy. Here's what I want you to take home from this point here, that you can make a difference in the life of individuals right now. While we don't know the names of these individuals, and, and, and they certainly were not famous during their time, they had an impact upon others. And that's what I want you to see, and that you don't have to wait 10 or 15 or 20 years before you can start making a difference in the life of individuals. You can begin to make a difference in the life of individuals right now. You want to be great? You don't need a large social media following. You don't need to have everybody know who you are. It could be the case that really no one knows your name but you can still, great, still do great things for God, and you can make a difference in the life of others. Think about this for a moment. As you live your life, and as you go back to school, and as you interact in band and in sports and in the different societies or groups that you may be a part of, think about what others are going through and how you might be able to help them. You can make a difference in someone's life. It could be through a kind word. It could be through some form of encouragement. Remember what Jesus said, to love your neighbor as you love yourself. Demonstrate concern and compassion toward others. Not a lot of people do that, young or old. You can do that, and you will stand out, and you'll be able to make a difference. Think about the young boy who gave over his food. Be willing to sacrifice for others. Our lives are not based upon our possessions and how much we have. Sometimes you're going to have to be willing to share. And think about that slave girl for a moment. Think about the power of opening up your mouth to change someone's life. That young girl said something that changed Naaman's life. Hey, I know someone that can help you with your biggest problem. You know someone that can help everyone with their biggest problem, the problem of sin. You know about Jesus. You know about the gospel and what Jesus did. And by you speaking up and saying something and helping others, you will be able to make a difference in the life of someone else. Share the good news of Jesus with others. Now, these three young individuals, they made a difference in Paul's life and Naaman's life, and they were connected to great events. You can do the same thing as well. 
Now, while we don't know the names of these three, there are some others that I want to talk about briefly here that we do know about. And I want to go to the book of uh, 1 Samuel. And I want you to look at the story of King David. King David is a story that never gets old. And look at 1 Samuel chapter 17. We know a lot about this man. We know a lot about David later on in life and some of the mistakes that David made. I did a sermon last year called The Senses That Turned Deadly. We know about some of the decisions that David made as an older individual. But yet David was great before he was ever famous. He was great before he was ever king in the sense of his trust in God. Great in the sense that he was willing to take a stand for God and willing to take a stand for truth. We have this story of David and Goliath in 1 Samuel chapter 17. And you can pick up the story here in 1 Samuel chapter 17 beginning in verse number 29. But David said, what have I done now? He's talking to his brother. Was it not just a question? Then he turned away from another and said, to the, sa- and said the same thing. And the people answered the same thing as before. When the words which David spoke were heard, they told them to Saul, and he sent for him. David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail on account of him. Your servant will go and fight with this Philistine. Then Saul said to David, you're not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him, for you are but a youth, while he has been a warrior from his youth. Saul didn't believe in King David. He didn't believe in David at the time. You're you're too young to do this. You're not going to be able to stand before this mighty king. There's no way you're going to be able to beat him. I want you to see the faith of David. And I want you to see the confidence that he had, the confidence that he had in his God. But David said to Saul, your servant was tending his father's sheep. When a lion or a bear came and took a lamb from the flock, I went out after him and attacked him and rescued it from his mouth. And when he rose up against him, I seized him by his beard and struck him and killed him. He was already doing great things before Goliath was ever on the scene. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine, I love this, will be like one of them since he has taunted the armies of the living God. David said, this isn't going to be a problem for me. God is on my side, and I'm going to take a stand. No one's going to talk about my God like this man is talking about my God. And that's what David would do. Later on, as he stood before Goliath, the Bible says in verse 41, then the Philistine came on and approached David with the shield bearer in front of him. When the Philistine looked and saw David, he disdained him, for he was but a youth and ruddy with a handsome appearance. Oh, this is going to be easy. This is going to be a piece of cake, no match for me. He's not going to be a match for me. Look at him, he's young. There's no way he's going to be able to defeat me. The Philistine said to David, am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his God. Now watch verse number 45. David said to the Philistine, you come to me with a sword, a spear, and a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have taunted. This day, you hear the confidence, this day, The Lord will deliver you up into my hands, and I will strike you down and remove your head from you. And I will give the dead bodies of the army of the Philistines this day to the birds of the sky and the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. David said, I'm standing up for my God, and my God is powerful, and my God is with me, and I believe that my God is going to give me success. We know the rest of the story. David defeated Goliath. He faced this giant with God on his side, and he was successful. He was great before he was ever famous. He was great while he was still young. And the fact that his faith was so strong in God that he was able to face those giants. To all the young people here at West Maine, 
Stand like David. Have the faith like David had way before he was ever king. Stand like David and stand for what is right. Keep your faith in God and know that God is with you and that you will be able to face the giants that you're going to face in this world. And no, no mistake about it, you're going to face some big challenges in your life whether it's with false teaching, whether it's with uh, negative influences from your friends, the challenges you're going to face are going to be big. But you need to stand, and you need to do what is right. You stand for your God. You put your trust in him. Don't be ashamed of the true and living God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Don't be ashamed of Jesus and the fact that he died on the cross for your sins. Don't be ashamed of the gospel. Paul wasn't ashamed of the gospel according to Romans 1 and verse 16, and you never be ashamed of the gospel. Don't be ashamed that you serve the true and living God. Listen, God wants you to stand up. When you go back to school in a few weeks, I don't know when exactly everybody's going back to school, a few weeks. When you go to school in a few weeks, stand up and stand out. Be different than everybody else. Stand up and stand out. Stand out in the way you dress. Dress modestly and don't be ashamed of it. Stand out because you want to obey your parents. You're not going to defy what mom and dad tell you. You're not going to go and do everything else that they told you not to do. Stand up and stand out because you're going to fully trust that you need to follow your parents. Stand out when you go back to school. Read your Bible. Take your Bibles. Study. Pray before you eat those meals. Stand out because you believe Jesus is risen. Take a stand and do what's right. Our God is real and he is powerful. And we don't have to be ashamed of him. And David said, I'm not going to be ashamed of my God. My God is going to defeat you. And that's the kind of faith that you need to have. Stand for what's right. Stand upon God and who he is. This is how you can be great right now. David gives us this great example of what young people can do and the mindset that young people need to have. And he's not the only one. I want you to go to the the story of Joseph here in Genesis chapter 39. We know the story of Joseph. It's, it's a fantastic story. It's one of my favorite stories. Joseph was young, and yet he was still great. He was great even before he began to rule in Egypt. He was great even before many knew his name, before he was ever famous. He was great because Joseph did what was right, even when others didn't see what he was doing, even when others didn't praise him or pat him on the back. In Genesis chapter 9, we've got to pick up the story here in verse number 39. Now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an Egyptian, verse 1, I'm in, officer of Pharaoh, the captain of the bodyguard, brought him or bought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him down there. The Lord was with Joseph, so he became a successful man, and he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. Now his master saw that the Lord was with him and how the Lord caused all that he did to prosper in his hand. So Joseph found favor in his sight and became his personal servant. And he made him overseer over his house, and all that he owned he put in his charge. Now listen, Joseph has already been through some challenging days, and he was young at this time. He's already faced some challenges, and yet we see that God is still with him. God has given him favor. He's not by himself. It came about that from the time he made him overseer in his house, and over all that he owned, the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house on account of Joseph. Thus the Lord's blessing was upon all that he owned in the house and in the field. So he left everything he owned in Joseph's charge, and with him there he did not concern himself with anything except the food which he ate. I'm just going to do my work, and I'm going to focus on getting the job done. Joseph was handsome in form and appearance. It came about after these events that his master's wife looked with desire at Joseph and said, Lie with me. 
But he refused and said to his master's wife, Behold, with me here my master does not concern himself with anything in the house, and he has put all that he owns in my charge. There is no one greater in this house than I, and he has withheld nothing from me except you, because you are his wife. How then could I do this great evil and sin against God? As she spoke to Joseph day after day, he did not listen to her to lie beside her or be with her. So day after day, this temptation is there. Day after day, this woman is coming after Joseph. And day after day, he is refusing. Now it happened one day, one day that he went into the house to do his work, and none of the men of the household was there inside. She caught him by his garment, saying, lie with me. And he left his garment in her hand and fled and went outside. She called to the men of her household and said to them, she has brought in, uh, see, he has brought in a Hebrew to us to make sport of us. He came in to lie with me, and I screamed. It's a powerful story. It's a story that helps us to see that Joseph truly was seeking to follow God at all costs. It's a story that helps us to see so many things about sin and how we can avoid sin and how we can refuse to go down certain paths. I want you to take note, number one, or more importantly, at least for now, that Joseph, he decided that he was going to do right in the sight of God. It didn't matter whether or not anyone knew about it. It didn't matter whether or not he was going to receive any kind of praise or recognition. We know that he didn't. What we know is what? He did what was right and still what was the result. He ended up in prison. He didn't get any praise. He didn't get any pat on the back or job well done. In, in fact, he's thrown in the jail. And that doesn't seem fair at all, and it wasn't fair. And yet Joseph still remained faithful to God. Joseph teaches young people, and it teaches all of us for that matter, something very powerful. That we can do the right thing, and that we should strive to do the right thing, whether or not people see us or not. Us doing the right thing is not about getting praise or recognition from other individuals. Joseph did right even when no one praised him. And you know what he was ultimately concerned about or who he was ultimately concerned about? God. He was concerned about the fact that God saw what he, was, what he could do or would do. And that's what he was more concerned about. As young people, I really want you to take this to heart. I want you to really think about the fact that you can be great right now. And one of the ways that you can be great is by doing the right thing, whether or not people see you doing it or not. Joseph did this when he was young. You know, we live in a world where there are so, where so many crave recognition, where so many people crave recognition and praise and acknowledgement of what they have done. Look at me, and I think this is why social media is so appealing at times. Now, there's nothing wrong with receiving uh, recognition and things like that and a job well done, but our society, I think, has put so much focus on, look at what I have done, look at what I have accomplished. And Joseph didn't get any of that. And while it can be good to be recognized for our accomplishments, as young people, you need to prepare yourself to do the right thing no matter what. Whether or not someone sees you doing what is right or not, you need to know that God always sees what you're doing. So it doesn't matter whether or not you get a, the, the pat on the back or job well done. I know we like those things. But especially when it comes to your walk with God, do what is right, and God will reward you. Trust in him and know that it doesn't matter who may see what you're doing. Know that God always sees what you're doing. Trust in him and know that he wants you to do the right thing even when no one else is going to praise you. This is how you can be great right now. You don't have to wait 10 years or 15 years or 20 years to start doing these things. You can start doing them right now. When you go back to school, think, think about this. When you're hanging out with your friends, think about this. When you're home alone, think about the fact that you can still do the right thing. It doesn't matter whether or not people see you. God sees what you're doing. 
have one last individual I want to look at. I think we're going to make it. I've got four minutes, so let's see. Look at 1 Kings chapter 3. In 1 Kings chapter 3, I want to look at real quickly here, Solomon. Solomon was famous. I was talking to my uncle uh, a couple of weeks ago about the Queen of Sheba and how the Queen of Sheba heard so much about Solomon and how when Solomon was king, the Queen of Sheba wanted to see and to hear from Solomon and to ask him questions, and she was blown away at his wisdom. Yeah, he was famous, and he was great as a king. He was able to build the temple for God. But before all of that, he was already doing great things. He was doing great things even when he was still young. We pick up the story of Solomon after his father David had died. In verse 3, we see a First Kings chapter 3 that Solomon loved the Lord. That's something important to remember. Walking in the statutes of his father David, David, except he sacrificed and burned incense on the high places. The king went to Gibeon to sacrifice there, for that was a great high place. Solomon offered a thousand burnt offerings on that altar. In Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream at night and said, Think about this request. Ask what you wish me to give you. As a young person, how would you answer that? God is asking you, what do you want me to give to you? What do you want? What do you want from me? Well, what did Solomon say? And this is what made him so great in the fact that he wasn't thinking about necessarily himself. He was thinking about God, and he was thinking about the people of God. Solomon said, you have shown great loving kindness to your servant David. My father, according as he walked before you in truth and righteousness and uprightness of heart toward you, and you have reserved for him this great loving kindness that you have given him a son to sit on his throne as it is this day. Now, O Lord, my God, you've made your servant king in place of my father David. Yet I am but a little child. I do not know how to go out or come in. Your servant is in the midst of your people, which you have chosen a great people who are too many to be numbered or counted. So... Give your servant an understanding heart to judge your people, to discern between good and evil. For who was able to judge this great people of yours? You see where his mind was? God, I, I want to serve you, and I want to I lead your people in the paths of righteousness. I want to do what's right in your sight. Now listen to what God said next, or what the Bible says next. In verse 10, it was pleasing in the sight of the Lord. That Solomon had asked this thing. I just think that's one of the most powerful phrases or statements. That Solomon was able to please God. Think about this. As young people, all of us here today, it is possible for us to be pleasing to God. Sometimes we can wonder, I don't know, can I really, can I really please God? Can I, can I really do what God wants me to do? The answer is yes, you can. This is what we find Solomon. And because, because Solomon made this request, I want you to see what God did in verse 11. Because you have asked this thing and have not asked for yourself long life, nor have you asked riches for yourself. This is what many people would have asked. Nor have you asked for life of your enemies. You didn't ask for revenge, but you have asked for yourself discernment to understand justice. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do all of this for you, and I'm going to make you wise. I'm going to give you everything that you have asked. What a powerful story for us that Solomon was seeking after what really mattered. As young people, I want you to hold on to this thought this morning. Now is your time to seek after what truly matters. Yes, you have lots of things to go after in this world, sports and academics and having fun with your friends and learning and going and having new experiences. Those are all great. Enjoy life. But remember, you are going to stand before God one day. And remember that now is the time for you in the days of your youth to search after him. 
and to follow after him. That's what Solomon did, and that's what made him so great, even while he was young, even before he became famous. And that's what God wants you to do. Seek after him right now. This will take you further than anything else. Love his wisdom. Love his word. You don't have to wait to start doing this. You can begin today. Learn from your parents. Learn from your grandparents. Study your Bible. And think about bigger things than fame and fortune. It's not about how many followers you have on social media. It's not about whether or not your name gets put in the local newspaper. Think about your faith and your future walking with God and being with him one day. You see, you're young, but that's not an excuse not to follow God. You can be great and do great things for God right now. You don't have to wait till you're out of the house. And you don't have to wait until you graduate in middle school or high school or even college. Be great right now. Do great things for your heavenly father. Follow him. Trust in him. Proclaim his name. Worship him. Live for him. And be pleasing to him. This is how you can be great. Let's go to God in prayer. Father in heaven, we are thankful for who you are, that we can approach your throne of grace. We are thankful for the examples that we have in your word We pray, Father, that you'll help us to follow them. We pray, Father, for our young people. Thank you for their parents who are diligently striving to help them to follow in the paths of righteousness. We pray, Heavenly Father, for our young people that they will stand firm on your word, that they will never be ashamed of you, that they will resist the the snares of the devil and help them, Lord, to know that they can make a difference right now in this church, in this community, in this world. Be with them, watch over them, be with all of us. In Jesus' name, amen.